Our good word today has to do with this matter of defeating Satan when he attacks the body. Now please allow me to review where we've been. Our basic verse is 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5, where the Apostle Paul was concerned about these young Christians, and he sent Timothy to teach them and to encourage them to establish them in the faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. We've been looking during these days at how Satan attacks the believer. We've discovered four illustrations of this in the Old Testament. The first of these is in Genesis chapter 3, Eve. There Satan attacked her mind. Read 2 Corinthians 11.3. He attacked her mind, trying to get her ignorant of God's will. He questioned God's word. Yea, hath God said? He denied God's word. Ye shall not surely die. Then he substituted his own lie. The only weapon that will defeat Satan's lies in your mind is God's truth. And so weapon number one in the arsenal of the believer is the inspired word of God. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I plead with you to study the word of God, to learn it, to know it, to memorize it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now we've been looking at Job. And in Job chapters 1 and 2, we find Satan attacking not his mind, but his body. He took away all of his wealth. He took away his family. He took away his health. And Job was covered with sores from head to foot, sore boils. His wife turned her back on him. His friends came to comfort him and ended up criticizing him. And Job was in misery. Now I'll make a confession to you. I know I'm a pastor. I've been saved now for some 25 years, thank the Lord. But I want to confess to you that when I get sick, it's mighty easy to be unspiritual. I've been through severe suffering as the result of an auto accident, and I've experienced God's grace. But you know, sometimes you get a headache or a toothache or a backache, and you're so hard to live with, and I get so hard to live with because of the body. Now, we saw in our last study that Satan attacks the body and tries to make us impatient with God's will. You know, patience is a great virtue in the Christian life. James 5.11 says, You have heard of the patience of Job, the endurance of Job. Christians need to have endurance. In Hebrews chapter 12, we're told to run with patience, with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Now, impatience in the Christian life is an evidence of unbelief. I've often quoted Isaiah 28:16, "He that believeth shall not make haste." When I find somebody running ahead of God's will, I say, "You better watch out, you're going to get into trouble." I've cautioned young couples, "Now don't get married too soon." I've cautioned people about changing jobs and changing locations. Be careful, don't run ahead of God. Patience is a sign of maturity. Impatience is a sign of immaturity. Impatience comes from the flesh, not the spirit. The Holy Spirit is very patient. Impatience always leads to costly mistakes. Now, what weapon do we have to fight the devil? Now, the devil uses circumstances. He attacks our body with circumstances, trying to get us to be impatient with God's will. Of course, you want to remember, friend, that God controls circumstances. Did you know there are two kinds of circumstances in my life and in your life? If you're saved today, 
there are two kinds of circumstances. There are correcting circumstances and perfecting circumstances. There are circumstances that God brings to my life, he permits to come to my life to correct me. The Bible calls this chastening. In verse 6 of Hebrews 12, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all sons are partakers, then are ye illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Now, God chastens us to correct us. God permits difficult circumstances to come to correct us. I've noticed this in my own life. Whenever I get away from God, whenever some sin comes into my life, or whenever I get cold or backslidden or lose a burden for souls, God always permits some kind of circumstance to come that forces me to pray. God has to whip me sometimes. I've been to God's woodshed. And you know, children today need discipline. I discipline my children, not because I hate them, but because I love them. And they don't believe it, but it's still true. It's harder on me than it is on them. I'm sure God does not enjoy chastening his children. Some of God's children have ended up in hospital beds. Some of God's children have ended up in in all kinds of difficulties because God wants to bring them back. He wants to get them to a place of submission. This is correcting circumstances. But not all circumstances are correcting circumstances. Some are perfecting circumstances. Over in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, the apostle Peter, who certainly went through a, a lot, makes this statement, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Sometimes God gives us circumstances not to correct us, but to perfect us. Let me illustrate this principle. I'm thinking of two storms in the Bible. One, back in the book of Jonah. In Jonah chapter 1, God commanded the prophet to go to Nineveh, to the Gentiles, and preach, and he refused to go. He went down in the opposite direction, got on a boat, went down in the boat, and went to sleep. You know, it's amazing how peaceful some backsliders can be. People say to me, well, I have peace about this thing. Jonah had peace too, but he was way out of the will of God, and God sent a storm. Now, why did God send that storm? Why did those sailors almost lose their lives? Because God was correcting Jonah. It was discipline. I'm thinking, for example, of David. God had to send discipline to David to correct him and bring him to a place of submission. That's one storm. The other storm I'm thinking about is is in Mark chapter 4, where the apostles were out in that storm, and uh, Jesus uh, had to deliver them from the storm. Why did he put them into that storm? To perfect them, to help them to grow. The Arabian people have a motto, a slogan that says, all sunshine makes a desert. This is true in our Christian lives. If we didn't have a few clouds, a few storms, we'd never grow. If God didn't challenge us with difficult circumstances, we'd coast along. 
If God didn't permit the devil to attack our churches and our ministries, we'd become so complacent God couldn't use us. Now, Satan uses circumstances to try to attack our bodies to make us impatient with God's will. Now, what is the answer? What is the defense that we have? Remember, when Satan attacks your mind with lies, your weapon is the inspired word of God. What about when Satan attacks your body with circumstances? What is your weapon? Your weapon is the imparted grace of God. Let me read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now, I may be speaking to some dear people right now who are suffering. You are going through physical affliction. Maybe you're blind, or perhaps you've, you, you have arthritis or rheumatism or or cancer, there's something in your physical body, and Satan says, does God love you? Can you really trust God? Look what God allowed to happen to you. Look, you've lost your arm. You've lost your leg. Look at what's happened in your family. Your child is sick. Your baby's sick. Oh, how the devil loves to use circumstances to attack us. But the answer is the imparted grace of God. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, Paul says this, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. What a strange gift. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness, the imparted grace of God. Now, friend of mine, I want to become very practical and down to earth. I have been through physical suffering. And I think I know a little bit of what it's like to carry around a body that has a certain measure of pain attached to it. I think every one of us has something that we can complain about if we want to. Satan has attacked my body. There are circumstances that have come to my life that have made life difficult, and Satan has said, why don't you curse God and die? That's what Job's wife said to him. Why don't you just quit? God isn't taking care of you. Look at these circumstances you're in. I may be speaking to some preacher right now, some godly preacher, and things are tough in your church. Now, if things are tough in your church because of your carelessness, then you ought to get straightened out. If you've not been praying and preaching the word and studying and trying to win souls, then you ought to be in trouble. But I might be talking right now to some godly preacher, and you're trying to serve the Lord faithfully, but things are rough and circumstances are hard on you, and you'd like to pick up that body of yours and move someplace else. Let me give you some practical counsel now for every one of us. When circumstances come that are hard on us, we can do one of two things. We can rebel in unbelief or we can rejoice in faith. I want to repeat that now. When circumstances come that are difficult, we can rebel in unbelief, get bitter against God, or we can rejoice in faith. I want to give to you five steps to take. If you want the grace of God to go to work in your life, I want to give you five steps to take when circumstances become difficult. Number one, the very first thing, give thanks to God. You might be in a hospital bed. You might be in an emergency ward. I've been in both. But give thanks to God. Uh, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God 
in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, the minute you say, thank you, Lord, that you're here, thank you, you're watching over me, thank you, Father, that you are in control of circumstances, the minute you say thank you, God's grace goes to work in your life and takes away the bitterness and the rebellion. So step number one, give thanks to God. Step number two, surrender to God. Just turn yourself over to him. That's what Paul had to do. He prayed, oh God, take away this thing. It hurts, it hurts. God said, no, I'm not going to take away that thing, but I am going to give you the grace to bear it. Just surrender to me. Step number one, give thanks to God. Step number two, surrender to God. Step number three, examine your heart. See if there is anything in your heart that's wrong between you and the Lord. Examine your heart and say, God, what is in my life that needs correcting or perfecting? Either way, I can't lose. Number four, claim God's promises right away. All things work together for good to them that love God. Claim God's promises. Turn to the Word of God and just saturate yourself with God's promises. Finally, seek to glorify Christ. Paul said in Philippians 1, I want to magnify Christ in my body, whether it be by life or by death. So seek some way to glorify Christ, to win some soul. You may be in a hospital bed. You say, what can I do for the Lord here? You can glorify him by your attitude and by your witness. I've discovered in my own life that these five steps are a tremendous help, and God gives me the grace that I need. When I come to the throne of grace, to the God of all grace... And I ask him, the word of God says, he giveth more grace. The imparted grace of God will give you victory over circumstances when Satan attacks your body. The program is What's the Good Word? This is Pastor Warren Wearsby at the Calvary Baptist Church in Covington, Kentucky. Thank you so much for listening. I trust it's been a blessing to study the word of God.